You are now listening to the Friends of Rugby podcast. Relax your anus. Balls. Thick thighs. Camille Shat. Where's his neck? Eddie Jones. Your fuck, mate. We're nice now. All right, we're recording. Welcome to the Friends of Rugby podcast. Today is December 17th. My name is Frank. And this is Steve. All right. How you doing? Yeah, good. How was your weekend? Yeah, good. A little confession. Didn't watch too much rugby. Oh, my whole weekend was sucked up. I didn't watch anything either. Just the highlights. I was a highlight guy. Yeah, so we're going to just... Some highlights are hard to watch. I think, uh, you know, when you wait for like the official highlights, then you end up watching like a dodgy one someone's put together and it looks like it was segmented by an ai (laughs) like man what is what is up with that like they're like especially the urc highlights they're awful they're brutal they don't even finish the game no they 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 admit like (laughs) eight or nine tries out of like 10 it's like i was like oh fuck i missed this game and i go up there i'm like oh there's the highlights i turn it on it's like four minutes of the game and it's not even like the scores or anything it's like yeah. fucking people like walking around to the sideline and yeah, shit yeah, yeah, and then it's yeah. over with i have a story about that there was uh there was a cardiff game where a player called alid summerhill was knocked out about three years ago mm-hmm. and then the in the edit they put this little fancy edit together he gets knocked out hits the deck and there's little z's coming out of his head in the edit like oh guy's gone to sleep <laughs> and everyone was like what the fuck are you doing like so the whoever did that literally got fired like they fired the whole oh really they fired usc fired the social media team because it's like you can't be glamorizing head injuries like what the hell are you doing yeah because that is kind of brutal it was horrible yeah and even alex summerhill like tweeted was like i thought we were supposed to be looking after players you know you know and also like being a rugby fan in canada we rely on those fucking highlights. You guys come from a culture where your main sport is people punching each other in the head and everyone cheering, and the ref just going, okay, just take a timeout. It's also like all the games start at like six in the morning. Yeah, that's true. So, like, we can't, you can't like plan your day out, go out through your day, and then, you know, you get home at night, eat some dinner, and then rugby games start. Yeah. No, they start like at 6 a.m. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Monster of the Chiefs today was at 6 a.m. It was. And, and I lost. was out till like two o'clock in the morning last night. Yeah. So I slept right through it. Did you watch? So you watched the highlights? No, I did not watch the highlights. I'm just looking at the scores right now on here. So M- Munster kind of your team though, right? In the URC. Yeah. Then then Connick. Yeah. Yeah. And if Connick's playing Munster, I'm gonna cheer for Connick more. Oh, okay. That's how it goes. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was yeah. Munster first. I kind when I first start, like start got into everything, I was like, yeah, Munster. But then they're like, oh, they're, they're I have a thing for like shitty teams, right? Mm. And that's why, I like, I was like, oh, Connick, like, they're, they're under, they're always the underdog. Connick are literally, or were the shitty team, right? They were literally the de- developmental side. Yeah, they were like, yeah. we're gonna give you the players, and as soon as they're good enough to get you guys wins, we're taking them. They, they're good now. Which, that's gonna come up later in the podcast. Okay. Yeah, for the for something we're gonna talk about too. Why did you think Munster were crap? I didn't think they were crap. Oh, okay. I just they were good. Yeah, but not amazing. And I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to. I didn't want a Patriots. You, you didn't know, want to be, be the like, Lens start... the Patriots fan? Yeah, when someone starts watching NFL, all of a sudden they're a Patriots fan. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. the Patriots. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I just really like them. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just so good and, you know, always coming back from behind. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah, that's you know? fair. I mean, I think Munster are going to be 
No, I don't think they'll top Leinster in terms of overall success. Well, fuck, I'm looking at what happened today. Like, yeah. What happened on, uh, let's take a look at the Friday games here. Northampton, oh, just got by Toulon. That's pretty good. Yeah, there we go. Glasgow did it over Bayonne. Yeah. That says something. I think uh, I, w I really want Glasgow to do well in the URC. And I think if you can beat French, good French teams, mm -hmm. then you've got a good chance of doing well in the URC. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like the yardstick. You also need, like, even though I, like, you know, I favor the Irish teams in the URC, it's good to have not just Irish teams winning it or South African teams now winning it every year. Like, you need, like, someone from somewhere else to step up and, yeah. like, make a threat. Yeah. As much as I bitch about the Irish success, I know it's on the other nations to step up. I think Benetton are doing that. I think Edinburgh were terrible for a number of years and now they're kind of like probably as good as glasgow mm -hmm. um if and i think glasgow how there was a period where they lost a lot of key players and all of a sudden it was like are they just gonna dip are they just gonna be forever forgotten but no they've come back so i think there's like there's some, there's some they're doing something right in terms of recruitment and management as well instead of just relying on star players and i think scotland having two teams is the right way so yeah, I'm glad they're around to stay. So I really, I, for the same reason, I, I want them to do well for the same reason. I want representation from everyone. And then in the Saturday games, Saracen put it on Connacht there and just put a pound in on them, 55 to 36. I actually watched a fair bit of that game. Did you? Yeah. Um, Did they just bully Connacht around? I think what happened was, so they lost in South Africa, right? They got kind of bullied by the Bulls. And we watched that game and like Bulls looked really good but saracens like from minute one looked exhausted mm -hmm. and and you know we were saying like oh it's because of the the altitude um i think yeah just that and i think this week they needed to make a statement they were like we know we're better than that let's show them and they and they did and i think as much as connor's score line doesn't show a huge gap one try was an intercept another one was a little bit lucky against the run of play so I hate to say it because I like Connacht, but like, I think Saracens dominated that game. Like, if you watched that game, you would, ne as a Saracens fan, you were never in doubt you were going to lose that, even though the scoreline might reflect like a bit of a back and forth. It never felt like that. Fuck those guys, being good. Mm. I thought like those guys are all going to be fucking like fifty-three years old, yeah, still playing for the Saracens <laughs> and still winning games. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. You'll see fucking geriatric Owen Farrell just walking out, crawling out, and all of a sudden he gets in the field and they just inject him whatever the fuck, and then you just and they'll wait like fuck, because they're like an aging team. Yeah, and they're still producing. Like how how old is Alex Good? He is he forty nine? Yeah, like, I think he's sixty three <laughs> now. Yeah, he kicked, he did this little like he was right. He played real flat up to the line, acted his first receiver, got a kick, just chipped it through. Nick Tompkins or there was a young center playing beside Nick Thompson's. I forgot his name. He was awesome. He had two tries. Mm -hmm. Collected this kick, dotted it down. and But it, the whole thing was Alex Good. And I was like, "That's they've still got it. Except maybe the Vunipolas. I think they're kind of a shade off. I've always wondered in the last 10 years of like international rugby, like Alex Good mm. just sitting there watching. In his full kit, sitting there. <laughs> I think he sits there in an England kit looking like what, at his phone. What do you think stops him? Like stopped him? There's a, there's a kind of a history of fullbacks who should have played more for their country. If you look at the Ospreys, like I called Dan Evans, he's mm -hmm. amazing. He was consistently incredible for the Ospreys. Alex Good, consistently incredible for Saracens. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe they're just assholes. 
Like you just don't fit in with the culture. I think so. Yeah, I think it's like a Danny Cipriani situation. I think Danny Cipriani seems like a nice guy, but he's obviously like, I'm a maverick. I don't play it by the rules. I get yeah. the job done. You know. <laughs> yeah. And and Finn Russell had a fallout with Townsend. You know, I think it's like maybe the 15s and the 10s. They just give him freedom to play. It's just too much drama. There. Yeah. So when they're doing like drills and training, they're just like having a cigarette by the post, and then I'll do it on the day. They're just all Beyonces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. And we got the Stormers. Oh, they took it over La Rochelle. Mm-mm-mm. That's a big. Mm-mm-mm. That's a big win. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't even want South Africa in this competition, but I like that specifically. That kind of says a lot about the game last week. Yeah, it does. It puts. It, I think. Yeah, it puts it into context, right? It's like, like La Rochelle. Oh, man, these a... two games, like, because you're watching La Rochelle at Leinster, yeah. and you're like, these are the two teams. Like, yeah. wow. And then like Stormers go and do the same thing. Yeah, and there's that meme where it's like. To lose La Rochelle, Leinster as rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. I think La Rochelle have lost their scissors status. This game was in South Africa, though. Yeah. So, like, and so you got the whole, like, how French. Long, how long you can got the we whole use... French team travel. Yeah. How long can we use that as an excuse for, though? You know, is it just going to be forever where teams will go and play at altitude and lose and everyone's just going to be like, well, we're going to lose that game anyway. Does that just happen forever? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it probably does. There's yeah. a lot of rugby. Yeah. There's a lot of rugby, and I, these guys really pick and choose. Like that's a bigger advantage than home fans. Like that your team, team can't physically get enough oxygen in their blood. Like this, I, I'm not privy to La Rochelle's team. Yeah, per se, but like all their names, still a really to, good team. Look to be on here. Yeah, so it's still it's, a really good team. And looks if, like they were coming to win. Like if, they, if, a 21-1 is not like we're no, not taking not, this it's game. Not a, it's not. A, yeah, that's true. It's not a beating, so I shouldn't say they've fallen from grace. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like. If you looked at the the French league, you would see that they're not as good as they yeah. were last season, where they were mm-hmm. dominant. Um, they're not even. I think they're not even top three. I don't think right now. And then we got Bordeaux, thirty six seventeen over Bristol. What the fuck happened to Bristol? Ah, uh, money. Yeah. You think so? They're oh yeah. Broke? They, yeah. They, no. They, well, they just lost key players after that. They could have. They, it looked like they could afford a season of really good players. They got to the final because they were like the star child a few years ago. Oh, I love Bristol. Like yeah. was it Pat Lamb? Is his name? Yeah, Pat Lamb. Yeah, he was like yeah. turning this team around. Yeah, was, everything was like going good, and he was making all the right. He would say in interviews, "I'm gonna, if if you hire me, you don't just get a manager, you don't just get a coach, you get." All a director me. of oh. rugby he comes in, he designs the shirts, he kisses babies, he shakes hands. You get all of me, yeah. all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, because it's like, man, like they were like, you thought this team was like, nothing was stopping this team for years. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. They lost um, Charles Piatau. He's he's one of the most underrated players in the world. I know, actually, maybe he's not underrated, but he's incredible. No, everyone knows he's incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, losing him's a big blow. Where did he go? Bordeaux? Thanks. I can't remember. Yeah, somewhere in France. I know he's yeah, he's in the top four team for sure. Yeah. yeah. Leon beat the Bulls. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, that's I a big that's deal. Maybe, too. maybe that's my story of the week. Is it? Story of the week. Yeah. Did Bulls? you watch that game at all? No. It's just no. story of the week. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm watching it. No. Kidding me? Kidding yeah, me? that's actually a big win for that. It was in France too. Yeah. But uh Bulls are... Because Bulls, these South African teams, they want to win this championship. Yeah, they do. They've got they points to prove. They fucking want it bad. They Every South African team ever, national and club, always has a chip on their shoulder for no particular reason. It's like they win loads of stuff, and it's still like they're just like, yeah, we've got a point to prove today. It's like, why? You won the World Cup. <laughs> what have you got to prove? They want Europe. 
Yeah. They want to conquer it. Yeah, they do. They, they want to conquer it, and they want it so bad. Yeah. Like, oh, it hurts me. They're gonna one day they'll take it. They, they could win. Yeah, they can win. Right? I'm su- I'm surprised by that result. I thought Bulls would beat them, not comfortably, but yeah, maybe comfortably. Leinster, uh, thirty-seven twenty-seven sale. Next question. Don't care. <laughs> nah. I was yeah, whatever. Everyone was kind of expecting. Yeah, that. I was kind of expecting that. Ulster. That's a good story. Yeah, thirty-one fifteen over race man too. What do you think about that? I was surprised when I saw the score. Sia Colisi uh, on Sia the uh, claim for resting. Yeah, <sighs> man. Ulster is like you know everyone's been talking. Everything I've been listening to, everyone's been talking about the destruction of Ulster. You know. Yeah. So this is a real pick me up. Mm. You know, get everyone back on the the Ulster uh, love train. There was a, a Reddit comment the other day, and it was like, "Who are Ulster's rivals?" And like one of the top comments was, "Ulster are Ulster's <laughs> rivals." It's so true. Who? I want to meet the guy that hates Ulster. I love Ulster. Everyone does. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone that is like. If, if you talk about rugby and Ulster comes up, like it's such yeah. a neutral kind of. Everyone's like, you know, no one. I want to meet the guy that fucking hates them. It's like, oh, I fucking can't stand Ulster. Yeah. And I don't want to speak on behalf of Irish people, but given the political history and they represent like the quote unquote British part of the island of Ireland, you would maybe expect that there would be some kind of secretary, but sectarians, but not even like all the Irish fans I meet, they're like, yeah, Ulster, good team. I was listening to another podcast this week and they were like, oh, another English team had uh, not a great game. And they're like, who's that? Ulster. I was well, like, oh, that's, that's kind of odd. Just geographically inaccurate as yeah, well. Like, it was it's just wrong. It was an English podcast too. Oh, that's embarrassing. But it was just really weird. Like I'd never heard, I never thought anyone would like refer to Ulster as another English no, that's team. Just wrong. I mean, we probably say mistakes about scores and players, but that's just like that's yeah. offensively it wrong. Was weird. Yeah, we're gonna start some drama. And then uh, Bath Cardiff thirty nine thirty two Bath. My boys. That's actually a good turnout for that, Cardiff. That's what a lot of people are saying. And if you put it into context of Cardiff's exceptionally young squad mm-hmm. and inexperienced lack of funding against Bath, who are spending all kinds of money and have Finn Russell, who's transformed their team, I'm really happy with that result. There's a lot of points. You know what? Looking at just these Saturday games. Yeah, they were high there, scoring. There's a hot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't. Uh, hey, they don't uh, do any tries. Nah, it's all fucking scrams it's out there, right? Eh? Yeah, it's all scrams. No, they don't score any tries. Shut up. They shut the fuck up. Hey, look at this. Yeah, happy it, days. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, there's a lot of bonus points there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's just sad that Cardiff, like the best, like you're just happy for them to like you know put a showing in now. It's like I, what? I, it's your it's your highest expectation. It is in the champion like this like the Cardiff team in this Champions Cup right now. Like yeah. your, your biggest expectation is or exceeding expectations is just having a good game by being in this competition <laughs> we should by rights be in the challenge cup because which we like, can win i want cards to be good they will be good it's just going to take about like 10 years. years yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna it's be fine. dead by the time i'm in I mean, i'm in rugby hibernation i'm in, I'm in a fucking coffin anyway i don't want to bang that drum too much but we'll be back uh, not that we were ever there anyway but we'll be back bath's good though bath bath i like bath they're going in the right direction yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the, the I'm not a big bath man. Posh versions of Bristol. Yeah. I think I like Finn Russell actually. Do you? I do like him. Yeah. I like the way he plays. Yeah, you can't you know, he's a guy that could have like uh you know how they're having all these like guys, Northern mm-hmm. Hemisphere guys going to super rugby? You mean Lee Halfpenny and Reese Patchell? <laughs> yeah, and they had uh, uh was it Freddie Burns? Oh yeah. Uh they had um the fullback, that Irish fullback, you went to the Western Force. Oh, oh, uh, 
Rob Carney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they had a lot of players. Oh, like yeah. James Haskell was down there for for a while at the beginning of his career. Yeah. I like, think Danny Cipriani did some time in Australia. Jamie yeah. Roberts was in yeah, Australia. And he was in South Africa too for a little he bit. He was, yeah. But yeah, I think like the way that Russell plays, mm. like he would flourish in super rugby. Are we trying to dispel the myth that they play fast attacking open rugby or do you think that's true? Because I think they play the same rugby, they just don't defend. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Right? They just chuck the ball around as much as possible and he yeah. loves doing that. That's Yeah, okay. Right? Fair so enough. his Fair like enough. hard passing yeah. game and stuff like that, like he, like, and the, just the way he plays, like he would yeah. like flourish in that. Yeah, he probably Because no one would be coming to tackle him. No. And the coach <laughs> wouldn't be like, can you follow this procedure? Yeah. Just do what you want, mate. Yeah, just throw it around, yeah, just man. Just throw it around. Just uh, yeah, get the boo. Yeah, dink him. And then throw it around, mate. Yeah, it's like, I think he would, he's another player. Like, I was just thinking about the other day. I was like, man, if he was one of those guys. But he did actually spend some time over down there. Oh, he did? Yeah, so Scotland or I think it's Scotland or maybe it's one of the two teams. They have some kind of development program where they send players, Scottish players, to New Zealand to oh, train for a while. And oh, it's like a cool. year or two. Oh, that's cool. But they don't play in Super Rugby. They just—it's like a private training camp. Do they, they, they must play, play for a they team? They play games, right, right, right. But, but not I didn't in know Super how. Rugby. Yeah, because like Finn Russell talked about that mm. in his interview this week. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So he was like talking about that because they were talking about players like playing like in different places and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he mentioned that. So I asked, like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Yeah. Which is good. Oh, here you go, Lincoln University, which I thought was in Northeast England because <laughs> there is a Lincoln there, but it says is a public university in New Zealand. So he played for the University of Lincoln. Yeah, so he was down there rugby, ah, doing some rugby. Just going to the clubs just, and playing rugby? Yeah, he was in the nightclubs in New Zealand. You lived in New Zealand. The yeah. nightclub scene. Sure. Finn Russell Finn. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> just with this fucking club shirt on. Yeah. This all the rhinestones all over the place. <laughs> True religion jeans. Because <laughs> that would have been like 10 years hat. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guaranteed, yeah. Finn Russell has a collection of monster energy hats. <laughs> Ed Hardy, whatever the fuck, um, Affliction, Tap yeah. Out. Like he was, he must have been all into that. Like a silver chain or a gold chain? I think a silver. Oh, chain. Oh, he been silvered up. Yeah, I think so. He probably yeah. still wears a silver chain. It's like a sovereign ring. Yeah, he would have looked like a fucking, like yeah, he would have had his like Ed Hardy shirt on, his True Religion jeans that look like a fucking disco globe. Yeah, and then uh, his chains. But you have it, one earring. With a diamond stud. No. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bet you he's got a fucking Monster Energy drink tattoo on him somewhere. He's too. drinking a mon somewhere in England. Finn <laughs> Russell's drinking a Monster Energy drink right now. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, well, we get to the Sunday games. Ugh, this was depressing, actually. Why? Exeter Chiefs, Munster. I just, oh, okay, I'm expecting. Yeah. I was expecting more from Munster. I think their weakness is teams who f can match them physically. They seem to have they 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 beat Leinster recently. Well, in the final, Who's, in the semi-final. Name a rugby team where that's not a weakness. Oh, they. Yeah, match. that's a good question. That's a yeah. fair question. We, like, we, it is we a do cliche. really good when teams match us physically. Okay, let me we put just it, excel. Let me put it another way. <laughs> Munster's strength is that they outmuscle teams, mm -hmm. and when a team doesn't, or when a team can match that, they find them hard to beat in other ways. I don't think Munster have as an exciting backline as a lot of other teams in the URC and they win through wearing a team down and then when the game opens up they put some tries on you all having you know they do they can score early they've got some good they do have good backs 
but I think as a as a unit, their backs aren't as important as they are in other teams, right? Munster got some big boys as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this Exeter's Chiefs team though is also exceeding expectations. I think so. It's the little engine that could this team because everyone's been talking about how they lost all their stars <laughs> and it's just a yeah. team of like uh, no, I don't think so. Like kids, no, I don't think so. You know, and the whole downfall of the Prem. You know, the Prem's been doing pretty decent this whole championship. Okay, yeah. and uh, like there's a reason for that. You keep talking, and then uh, like the, you know, with the extra and the, everything I'm hearing about the extra Chiefs is that yeah. they've, they've they've lost everything. Yeah, and they're rebuilding. But this team has been like from what I'm hearing, this yeah. team is like exceeding expectations. I think, but so. I still think Munster. I mean Munster. Munster should have like uh, they should have done this, and I think it's it's like man they've had like La Rochelle, mm. Munster, yeah, like those are two teams that you know should be doing good. They're they're, they're having a pretty bad championships cup. Like I think the di- I think for me the difference is La Rochelle are a team of rock stars who aren't performing. Munster are a team of homegrown quality players who are still finding confidence in their feet. So. They are similar in many respects. They're both big physical teams, but I think Munster's trajectory is up. A lot of young, exciting, homegrown boys. La Rochelle's trajectory is disunited rock stars kind of going down. You know, if you look at the domestic season, you'd think that. I think Exeter's are good, though. Like Rob Baxter, I don't know if it's him, but, you know, they have a good academy at Exeter as well, right? They really do. And another thing, you know, you're saying all oh, the premiership teams are doing well. That's kind of in contrast to all these teams folding. It's because all those teams are folding. All these other English teams are just picking up the best players from Wasps, London Irish, Worcester. So the teams are now have a better quality of player overall. Because all you're hearing out of the English media is like, oh, the quality of the Premiership has gone down. We can't compete anymore because of the fucking pay and like. Mm. If you if you listen to the English media, they think the they like, hate themselves. The Prem is like fucking just crumbling underneath them yeah. and like all their players are leaving and we can't compete anymore Yeah, and like Exeter like the fucking the Prem teams have been doing good they have been doing good but I think it's because they're crumbling as a league that the teams are performing English people no one hates English people more than English people everyone t- the English are always like oh everyone hates us everyone hates us well <laughs> you hate yourself quite a lot so how many of you guys loved yourselves a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, exactly. You're like love the yourself. Exeter Chiefs, they love themselves and look what they're doing. I love the Exeter Chiefs. And Rob Baxter is a fucking. I like him a lot. I Everyone like a lot. likes him. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. And he, he always says the doing. right things in interviews. Yeah, he does, and he's very kind of stern. He's not too wishy-washy. Uh, yeah, I like him. Um, but if you look at the Exeter team, the little engine that could, yeah, that's like it's true. But I, d- I don't think people expect them to lose week on week. There's a good squad. They just haven't got like the star power in some positions. That's the tone that I'm getting from like the English media. Yeah, is but... that they sh- they're going to be losing? I think they they no. haven't had a really great start. No, in they... the Prem Two. But, yeah, but they haven't. I think like any time I read stuff from the English media or listen to them, they're just so doom and gloom. They hold themselves to high standards, which they mm-hmm. should because they've got like the most professional players of any country in the world. They've got the richest union in the world. Yeah, you expect to win everything. Fair yeah. enough, and you expect to have a high standard. But you just shit on yourself a lot as well. Like, cheer the fuck up. You're doing pretty well right now in the European Cup. And honestly, the Gallagher Premiership is one of the funnest leagues to watch because genuinely anyone can be anyone. Yeah, and yeah, you're totally right about that. 
and like the quality of rugby is good. It is good. Like when you watch those prime games, yeah. there's like a different tempo. There is. Yeah. In those games. It's relentless because you could get relegated as well. Yeah. You know, we, there's no relegation in the USC. Dragons yeah. don't give a shit. Like, it's well, like a dog fighting pit. Like, yeah, it's just right? like. It's dirty down there. It's fucking like, yeah, it's good rugby. Every time I watch yeah. a game, and I watch a game once in a while, you know, when it's on, like, if I, yeah. like, if I go and I want to watch a game, and, or it's like half time, yeah. and then I'll start watching a Prem game, and sometimes I'll just stay on it. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's oh, better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say it's better, but. Well, it's, 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 it's like, definitely not like. It's not. It's not Dragons versus Leinster, though, is it? No, no you could you could that. write that scoreline down on a piece of paper and probably be relatively accurate. I don't yes. know who's going to win a Gallagher. And I think like regard like besides the Falcons, yeah, like yeah, anyone could beat anyone. Yeah, and that's a good league. That's a good, good league. Com- you want competition. That's right? what you want. You want a league where you don't know yeah. who's going to win. So all those like URC best league stuff. Like I think there's a little bit of tongue in cheek going on when people say it because they're aware that the bottom of our league, and yeah, we're guilty as Welsh are guilty of like propping up the lower end. Like, there's a little bit of ironic statement saying, oh, this is the best league. It's not. The league's also bigger, too. Mm. There's more teams, so that leaves more room for better teams and more worse teams. So you're going to have more blowout games in a bigger league because that there's more shitty teams and there's more good teams, you know? Yeah, maybe, but when, those teams wouldn't be so shit if there wasn't such financial disparity. In a, in a smaller league, you're going to have less shit teams to get spanked. Every maybe other weekend. I mean, that's maybe that's true, but there's teams who've been shit in the USC literally forever. You Another know? team that uh, you know should be like crying right now: Harlequins in this Toulouse game, forty-seven to nineteen. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, and that was at the stoop. I thought I I, I predicted Harlequins would win. I L- thought they would win this game too. Yeah, I thought. Th- I know Toulouse are good, but I like I like Harlequins. I think Marcus Smith as well. Did he play in this game? I hope so, otherwise I'm going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> um, so take a look I'm just at... talking about him generally. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I love Mark Smith. He uh, he knows that Owen Farrell isn't playing the Six Nations, and he knows George Ford is probably in contention for the 10 shirt, but if he plays his cards right, that 10 shirt is his for the whole Six Nations. Yeah, but these games are vital for him to like make a statement that's what i'm saying i don't know it's how he played i'm not saying he yeah. had a bad game or anything because i didn't watch this game yeah but so like he could have like just been like you know rock starring it out there and everyone's like oh my god but the, his the rest of his team yeah but like they put out a like this is a this is a it's like a starting team they wanted to win this game oh yeah 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 but uh man what that's let down like what the fuck happened here I mean, Toulouse are also really good. So Pont Ramos playing yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah. That's Does he normally play ten? Not always. No. He can. Fuck, he's a good player. Yeah, his kicking's really good as well. Oh man, like you just like man, just I've seen him in like so many games, just like just take it from from the other team. Yeah, he just like wipes their like soul away with his boot. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. Like, man, he reminds me of uh, kind of Buffelli. Emiliano. Like from uh, Argentina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They kind of give me like the same kind of vibe. Where they, yeah, they can just they can just change a game, right? Yeah. They'll just break the line unexpectedly. It'll turn into a try. And a game which you thought had slowed down and was one-sided is all of a sudden open and up for a new winner. Again, and right? it's their hero kicking too. Yeah, their hero kicking where they yeah. save the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, like they are very different players, but like I don't know. Every time I think, 
They're running players though, right? They're mm-hmm. running players. Whereas if you put um like Big R or Sexton at ten, then you'd not expect them to break the line. I mean, yeah, they'll kick their points. No, you're just expecting them not to get injured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when taking hoping, a kick. Hoping, yeah. Pulling their back out while they take lining up for a kick, yeah. No, I think like I think Mwanga is like that as well. Like he can just come on, change a game. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll just intercept the ball or break the line, break a couple tackles, and all of a sudden, like, oh wow, this game isn't over, right? Yeah. This sounded like pretty one-sided though, Harlequins and uh, Toulouse. Oh yeah, that must have been a oh, shitty game to go to. As a Quins fan, where yeah. you're right, I think I think every English team in this competition is expecting to win and is putting out a good squad. This is also making me question the like the tiers mm. of. Who are the good teams and who are the shit teams? Like generally in European yeah. rugby? Yeah, because I was like, I was expecting like a lot of different results all over the place here. And uh, which I got surprised. So, like, which is good. It's good. Overall, it's a good thing. Right. Like, it's you know, unpre- that it's all my predictions, like what I was predicting, like was getting wrong and stuff like that. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, a lot of surprises. Yeah. So, we got one more game here. Two of the pools are topped by French teams, and then pool three is Northampton and Exeter in one and two. Mm-hmm. In that, in pool three, you've got Northampton one, Exeter second place, Glasgow third place, Bayonne fourth place, Munster fifth place, and Toulon in six. Right now, That's there's unpredictable. Be, there's also going to be there's a thing about this one too. There's a round of sixteen oh, knockout. I think I was listening to an something interview ridiculous with Jonathan Davis, and I was like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, because I think it's like I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure. Like, I think like how many teams are in the in the league? Six it's, times four in the champion in the Champions Cup. So that's like that is. We're gonna have to edit six, this out. James. 24. That's 24 teams. So I think yeah. 16 of the teams yeah. go to a knockout stage. Oh, that's awful. So to not make it into the knockout stage is pretty bad. Yeah. You're going to have to really Cardiff it to <laughs> not make it. Yeah. So like, I think there is, I think there's some games that like other teams are not taking as serious. I was going to ask you about that. So Leinster come in for criticism last season where they didn't play their best team domestically and they lost to Munster so that they could play their best team against La Rochelle and also lost that game. But it doesn't seem like many people are doing that this season. No, it doesn't actually, which is a good thing. Mm. That, But that whole thing was like, there's a lot. That was a long time ago too. There's a lot of, but yeah, this year is definitely, looks like everyone wants to win this. Yeah. Everyone's so. taking it more a lot more serious. Yeah. But I feel like the hype for this year is more. I think the reason. hype for the European champions and maybe even challenge cup is bigger than the domestic league in the urc right now that says something about the league and the gallagher premiership i don't know what's going on in france when i first started watching rugby and i found out about the champions cup i yeah. thought it was the fucking coolest thing ever i, yeah. I was like yeah. what yeah so all these leagues like come together and yeah. they, they face each other off yeah it's like it's like a it's like super WWE league. like versus wcw yeah. back in the day like what the <laughs> fuck this is fucking real like holy shit and yeah, then yeah, i kind of yeah, yeah. like got more into it and I was like uh kind of realized like some teams didn't take it too serious yeah like prem you know like a top 14 weren't really digging into it and then yeah. like the whole relegation in the prem would stop them from like playing their best teams yeah 
And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is yeah. supposed to be the best of the best. Like, this is what you wait for yeah. all year. That's what I thought. Yeah. Right. But this year, it feels like that feeling is is there. Like, everyone wants to win this. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember when I was younger and when it was the Heineken Cup, and you know, you'd get to the tail end of it, you'd get to the to the the last few rounds in the finals, and it felt like the pinnacle of rugby. But there were some pool games where either teams were just never going to challenge or they were not putting out a good team because they were mm-hmm. probably going to win the Premiership or the Pro 12 as it was back then. Um, but yeah, it does feel like everyone's everyone's up for it now. I think for the English teams, there's a kind of a sense of like, fuck it, our league's falling apart. We're just going to play every game like it's our last. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they're not so concerned with the success of the domestic league. That's what it, I don't know. It's obviously just a feeling, but just looks like fuck it let's just win let's just play every game this could be our last because this is looking, England's falling apart looking at this like yeah i'm looking at these pools right now you thinking like a leinster leicester final oh that'd be nice i think uh leinster leicester or yeah, toulouse toulouse leinster oh, bordeaux look maybe northampton northampton at the top of the i know it's only two wins mm. but that surprises me considering that the other teams in that pool yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not scared of Northampton. Munster have. Leicester is a good team. Leicester a good team. Leicester. Yeah, that's a really good team. I don't think they beat Leinster in a final though. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think they would. But I bet you anything that Toulouse could beat Leinster in a final. Yeah, they're still in the rock paper scissors equation. La Rochelle aren't anymore, so maybe there's room for Leicester to be this new scissors. Hmm. But like they that need saying. To... That was pretty good. I like that saying. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But they've got to figure out who they're going to beat consistently. I think they've got a better chance of beating Toulouse than Leinster. Leicester? Yeah. Leicester, Leicester are like, you know, they're like not dirty, but like they're, you know, like rolling around in the dirt kind of team. Yeah, they are. You know? I can see them just dragging Toulouse down. Like DuPont tries to do some offload. Like someone like slightly late hits him. And he just doesn't look the same for the rest of the game. And it was like a totally legal tackle. But someone <laughs> just knocked the soul out of his ass. And he's like, oh, I'm scared. This, man, it's going to be hard to... It's going to be a hard to call. Yeah. But I... Yeah, I am enjoying this year, though. Yeah, me too. I think this is the first year where it doesn't feel Ooh, so... I forgot about Bath, too. Bath, Bath. Bath are, Bath are contenders. Yeah, I Bath think they're contenders, contenders, too. Yeah. Yeah. If Toulouse wasn't in that pool... Well, no, they're two from they're two from two as well. Whatever, they could still make it. It was like twenty three out of the twenty four teams are going to progress to knockout stages. You said so it's like it's <laughs> yeah, so something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just all over the fucking place. Let's uh, let's talk about. Oh, look at this! They have like a percentage thing here. I'm looking at. Are you on the rugby pass stats? Yeah, twenty three percent Leinster to win it. We got Stormers eighteen percent. Look at that. Who else is up here? Bath, 13%. Yeah. Where do they have Leicester at? Where are these cunts on this list? Oh, 0%. Zero. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Leicester. 0% of winning. Well, okay. we were all wrong. Whatever. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't necessarily agree with you. <laughs> Leicester, 0%. Ulster, 2%. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Where are they fucking get this from? Yeah, yeah and that was uh, the Champion Cup yeah. weekend. So uh, let's talk about some Irish rugby drama. 
Oh, yes. Tell me about what you think about RG Snyman signing for Leinster after playing 12 minutes for Munster over the course of two seasons. Uh, I just think, why? Money. Like, and why? Like, do you need him? No, they don't need him. They that, don't need him. But Jack Nienabar needs him. Like, he completes him. I made a joke about. I made a joke about this conspiracy where he was going to turn Leinster into some like yeah. another like a South African, <laughs> another South African development team. Yeah. And <laughs> when I saw this call, I was like, oh fuck, maybe there's something like, yeah. like, I, it just worries me. Like, if Leinster is going out and spending big dollars on a guy like this, that means that the, you know. Uh, the outlook mm. for locks coming in in Ireland yeah. looks pretty bleak. That's how I'm taking it. Like, are you, if you're saying that, there I, must be not a lot down the pipe coming. No, there's loads of good locks. Man, like, why would you like? Why do you need? Why do you need him? Especially at Leinster, they must be looking at their academy and what's coming up, and it might be too far out for oh, them. Yeah, and they need him now. Yeah, and it's gonna be a while till they start getting. Like, where they start seeing quality coming in. Like, that's how I'm taking it. That could be totally, like, bullshit. I, maybe but I when I see this sign, like, I, I just don't, like... It kind of bothered me. It kind of bothered me. Like, why are we giving time to him? Mm. Like, we well, don't... he won't play. Like, Leinster do not, like, need to be giving time on the field to, to him. They should be putting time on guys that they're developing in their, like, in their academy players coming up. Like, yeah. You know. Which they're good at as well. They're good at yes. easing players into games. I just don't like. It's like if they went out and got Mwanga, <laughs> like and brought him in. Like why? Yeah. Like we. Yeah, it's I like, mean, they, me, actually, they probably they probably would do that because they got like like four starter tens, and they'd be like, well, let's we need bring a him fifth. In. But the thing, okay, if at least if they did that with a ten, it would make sense because they might say we need a calmer, experienced player for for to steady the ship in certain games and yeah because they lost their like anchor basically yeah and they got ross Byrne. he plays everything anyway he does and he played a lot he's played like he a takes lot the, he takes the teams to the championship and then, and then sexton walks in and wins yeah. it or well, johnny takes his tracksuit off while he's getting massaged <laughs> and walks on kicks a penalty and walks off lifts the trophy before anyone else ross Byrne does all the fucking yeah. work and then he's sexton's the boss that takes the credit yeah, for yeah, it yeah. right like johnny, can i start today almost, sir no yeah he gets all the points. He's just like all fucking beat up. He's like, oh, finally, I get to play in this championship game that I worked so hard for. All right, we're going to start Sexton. Yeah. Uh, you uh, knew this would happen, Ross. Sit down. He's got to secretly hate him. Who, Ross Byrne? Yeah, he's got to secretly oh, so hate him. so many Irish tens secretly hate Johnny Sexton. Ro- Ronan O'Gara d- didn't secretly hate him. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know all the drama about that. But, yeah. like, man, like, doing all the hard work. Like, yeah. Leinster were good mostly because of Ross Byrne, right? And like, mm. and then Sexton just like comes in in the big games and it <laughs> yeah. loses them. Yeah, like you know, and it's just gets his foot out of his olive oil bath, kicks three even, points over for the win. Yeah, can't even get an Ireland team sheet. Yeah, like well, he will now. Do you think he? I don't think he will. Who will? I think they're gonna go with uh, Crawley. And I think you know what? I kind of agree with you. And I think they'll have Prendergast no, no, in no. the wings. Yeah, like Kieran, waiting. Kieran Crawley. Yeah, yeah, and then there's no. Is it Kieran Crawley and Kieran Frawley? Kieran and Frawley. And okay, who's and the Leinster guy? Who's that? No. That's Kieran Frawley. Yeah, Kieran Frawley is the Leinster, and then Crowley is is the Munster. Yeah, is it got... Kieran Crowley too? No, they don't have the same first name. I have to be wrong. I wouldn't with be this. surprised. So Leinster have got on the they've got Ross Byrne. Yeah, and they have Harry Byrne and Harry Byrne. Mm-hmm. Here's the crazy thing, right? 
Ross Byrne, 151 appearances for Leinster, mm-hmm. 1,003 points, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, for, for that many appearances, that amount of points makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then Harry Byrne has 57 appearances. Mm-hmm. He's younger. Um, and then they've got that uh, the guy from the U20 Six Nations, Prendergast, who is a really good player. Yeah. Right? Everything I hear about him, he's amazing. He is, he's also he is amazing. like on the yeah. smaller side. He's tall. He's, but he's, he's like, tall and he needs lanky. to put his big boy weight on. Yeah, he, and he will. He yeah. will. Like, Leinster are good at bulking out, And he's guys. really good. He is really good. I don't. I, I, I worry that he's one of those guys, and we do this a lot in Wales, where we're like, this guy is going to be the next Gareth Edwards. And then they put, like, Sam Davis got IRB Junior Player of the World Award, and then he, who's, where is he now? So, I, I, you know, maybe he's one of those ones. Like, Jordan Lama was similar. Whenever Jordan Lama stepped onto the field, I was scared, because he did incredible things like his footwork is unreal oh, rest in peace bud yeah Man. i mean he's kind of back he's sneaking his way back in is he he's not as good as he was i don't think um anyway so snyman Locke, right so you've got james ryan yeah and then McCarthy. you've got then you've got ross maloney i'm looking at leinster's uh lock team sheet and ross maloney has 168 appearances right mm-hmm. so it's not like they're lacking experience uh at lock so i think the reason that they brought in snyman is because nina bar just maybe wants a bit of familiarity don't discount as well Leinster thinking if we have a big name signing we'll just get more people coming to watch us like all the south africans who live in dublin they'll let us go watch snyman play that's the thing it doesn't always have to yeah, be that's about true. you know it's also jack crowley jack crowley not kieran crowley i was like why the fuck do i keep getting this Oh, because Kieran well, Crowley was the um, Canada coach years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, okay. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Crowley. Yeah, that's what I think is going to be. It's going to go Jack, Jack Crowley for this uh, Six Nations. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, Kieran Frawley, probably. Because Harry Ross and Harry, I think, are injured. Harry Byrne. Harry, but both are injured. Yeah, the yeah. Byrne brothers are both injured. Yeah. Are they brothers? Yeah, they're brothers. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I think Jack Crowley, Joey Carberry's injured yeah. again. Oh, fuck, man. I feel bad for him. I think, yeah, that's sad because it was like, this is, your, this is your time. And then all of a sudden, he's got like four or five other tens who are just kind of creeping up. Mm-hmm. And now they're good enough to be the island ten. And his chance is gone unless he gets some good performances in between now and the start of the Six Nations, which is a month away almost. And I know over. that, like... Farrell like likes Joey Carberry. Like yeah. he has faith in him, mm-hmm. I think, still. But Joey Carberry is like the nice guy of tens. <laughs> like he's just like he doesn't have that like grit yeah. like that the other guys have. Yeah. You think like one heavy tackle from a flank is gonna like knock the wind out of him? Yeah. He's just, like, like, right? He just retreat he's, into he's a shell. nice guy, you know? He like oh, no. makes nice you breakfast guys. in the morning. You know, he's got coffee ready. <laughs> you want to introduce him to your parents. He does all the right priority. things, but he just you know, he doesn't have that edge. He's not gonna break your heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's like how I feel about oh, fuck, I feel bad about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from an island point of view, though, I'm not. I wouldn't be worried about number ten. No, they have a, that's 10. a bad. Like having to have a deba- like they're debating. Like they're going through an existential crisis over there. Who's going to play ten? I know they're losing their mind because they're so spoiled in terms of mm-hmm. quality players in every Tens. position, right? It's, yeah, it's I think less they're a little about... weak. I think they're a little more weaker on uh, their tight head, tight head side. Mm-hmm. I think their front, um, 
yeah, the prop on the prop side, they're kind of a little bit lighter. They don't they don't have a, a lot of their good players are aging. A lot of their good players are yeah. not playing as. Great. I mean, you say players plural. They have they they only play the same two guys in the position. They don't. They're not great as in, in Ireland, not the the provinces at like giving other guys a little bit of game time, right? And I think that's why they didn't get very far in the World Cup because teams who are used to being in the knockout stages know how to rotate their squad. Ireland went hard every single game with the same lineup. Oh, I know that was a big, and they just looked exhausted. Yeah, like, like Andrew Furlong Porter looked fun. Furlong and Porter, like we we're talking about props. This Porter's like like twenty five, twenty six. But they both looked exhausted by the time they were done. You know, Furlong was like he looked like he needed a vacation. He did, yeah. Like he looked, he fucked. looked sad and tired. Yeah, he's yeah. actually looked like that, like. This year too, like Since. he needs a break. Yeah, it probably does. Like they're gonna fucking like like. Yeah. If you look at him, he looks like he's not having fun. <laughs> like he just looks like yeah. he's not enjoying himself. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's just out there. He's like, hey, everyone, <laughs> they need me out there. You know, they're just yeah. pumping him full of, like, yeah, whatever, just to throw him out on the field. He doesn't even know where he is. Like, I, I think he looks I, tired as fuck. I like, think that's Ireland's national and provincial weakness is they're not good at rotating players effectively because it's I, not like they don't have talent. You know, take a loss every now and again. In the in the cause of developing a youngster, right? Fuck that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, because it's or not even take a loss, but you know, trust some trust somebody a bit more. You know, mm-hmm. I think Farrell's the right guy to do it. Maybe uh, maybe the likes of Sexton and Porter and Furlong are just sat there going, "I'm not fucking moving. You can fuck off if you think someone's replacing me." Well, maybe it's I, them. At the same time, all these guys want to play all the time. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. It's like yeah. Furlong's not getting like Furlong is not getting forced to play. No. That he wants to be out there. He probably wants to yeah. start every game. He wants to play every fucking minute. There's not many rugby players who are going to say, I just need a break today, mate. And, like, not happening, is it? So I think once they start thinking like that, it's kind of, they're in the twilight. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got on the news today there? In the news today, oh, this is, uh, this is exciting. Central contracts in England. I don't know how much I'll talk about this, but I think it's big news. Bigger news than has been reported on. Do you know a lot about this? I don't know so much, but... The significant thing is when there was talk about only keeping Itoje or Farrell at Saracens because of uh, their finances, mm-hmm. this has now changed and Itoje can stay at Saracens because they can centrally contract him with the RFU. And he can stay playing for England too. Yeah. So did... Oh, fuck. Who's that guy playing for racing me to? The English winger. Air- Henry... Re- oh, Arundel. Yeah, Arundel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't have to leave. No. Does that mean that? It, it kind of does. I don't think there's a, I don't think they have a rule like Wales does. But if you go abroad, you're basically saying... Yeah, I, I don't think I you don't, can play if you're it's not It's almost playing. like saying I don't want to play. I think you England. have to play in the Prem. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. You do. Yeah, you're totally sorry, right? you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do but have a rule. they had all that salary cap cut and a bunch of players left. Yeah. Like, Luke Cowan-Dickey. Is he back in the Prem? No, he's... No, he's in France, I think. Yeah. Well, he, oh, he's flo- he was floating around. Who did I see him... That's a really good question. I feel like an idiot for not knowing this because I watched him play the other day. Um, I can't remember who he's playing for now. He, he was contracted to go and play in France and then mm-hmm. there were some vicious rumors about him having a night out on the piss and then getting fired before he even played a game. Oh. I think that's just like rumors. I don't know actually yeah. what happened. He's probably playing Call of Duty. Probably. <laughs> he was really good. Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, a, one of the, he was like top yeah. 10 in the world. Yeah, at yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so yeah, English central contracts is a big deal because... I don't know if you remember a while ago, it was Ellis Genge trying to, he was trying to start a union, basically, 
in a union like he was trying to start a workers union for english rugby players because they get treated like shit right because these are private businesses each team and then england want a piece of them and the players don't have good representation and when he was doing this interview about it he just looked pissed off he was like not as many people engaged as i wanted them to i, I want to help out we're just being taken advantage of as rugby players it's brutal like world cup players came back and they were playing nick tompkins was playing for saracens after leaving the wales camp within like three weeks of coming home from the world cup mm-hmm. right there's just no break so this is a big deal because out of nowhere seemingly the rugby the english rugby union all of a sudden like yeah let's give them a break let's help them out which i didn't think would ever happen i didn't think it would ever happen mate a mate has probably got a lot to do with the fact that there are clubs folding in england and they're finally like, okay we should probably help them out but yeah it's big news so so I wonder if this is going to bring players back. There aren't many English players that you would consider for an England squad overseas. I remember a, a while ago, there was a player in France, Nick Abandanen. Abandanen? He was amazing. He played in France. And he basically was good enough to play for England. And every time people talked about him in terms of England attention, and it just seemed like he didn't care. There was another guy. He was a center. Also played in France for Toulon. Armitage, Delon Armitage, mm-hmm. unreal. Should have been in every ever England team at the time. What about um, Mercer? Jack Mercer, yeah. Well, he's in Gloucester now. Oh, he came back. He came back so he could play for England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's good because he's yeah. fuck. He's actually, good. it's not good. Yeah. He's, no, actually he's, good. he's really good. He's really good. And I think the problem was like they needed him. They needed him. They needed him at last the World Six Cup. Nations. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They yeah, needed yeah. him. I think they thought it was going to be Don Brandt, you know, the Harlequins 8. Yeah, but he never, like... He just didn't step up internationally, no. did he? And I like him, but he just seems like more of a club player. Yeah, Zach Because I know it was like Zach guy. Mercer was, yeah, at the time he was playing in France. Yeah. They didn't pick him. They yeah. needed him. I remember I was at the World Cup when I was there, and I was talking to people, some fans, and I was like, man, you know who you guys need? Zach Mercer. I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, yeah. even this fucking Canadian guy knows who we need. <laughs> I remember this guy at the bar. I was like, this fucking Canadian guy even knows that we need Mercer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's... It was like the one of the top top fourteen players. Yeah, his statistics were insane. Yeah, yeah, he was chart topping all over the place. Yeah, I mean he's playing. Um, I think he came back to play for England. I don't think he was hiding that. But now it's where the Borthwick picks him, and Steve Borthwick does seem a bit weird about his selection. It's mm-hmm. not like they're unpredictable, but when people ask him questions about who is your best person in this position, he gets really weird and cagey and gives these like textbook media trained answers mm-hmm. I pick the best player for every team the best thing about our team he's not a media guy he's not but he does the right thing I think he knows that so what he does is he gives these answers which don't answer the question but just give a broad happy summary everything's great mm-hmm. and we all work hard for each other kind of answers I'm scared of him you think England are coming back don't you I think so I think he's got something uh, I think he's building um, England into being like this cunty, Dirty, bully fucking team. Physical, yeah, rolling I around see in that. the mud, biting your ankles. Because yeah. I, I went to that England-South Africa game yeah. in Paris. Yeah. And I saw him out there and he's like, he's like, when he's when the teams are warming up, yeah. like I saw Razzie across and he's just standing in, in on the center line. He's just watching England. Yeah. He's fucking in there training with them. Yeah. Slapping like, asses. Yeah. He's like right in there. Yeah. Like he's fucking training with them. He's got his fucking jacket off. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah. And he's throwing balls around and he's yeah. like right in the mix with it. I'm like looking at this guy and I'm like, this is... This is a coach that these players are probably like they'll run through brick walls for. Yeah, yeah. and I think he's building up because like, I I didn't I've never I, all the games I went to mm. I never saw anything like that. I just saw them you know standing on at center 
yeah. watching the other team, waltzing around me, chit-chatting, yeah. you know, yeah. looking around at the stadium. Yeah. But he was like fucking in the mud with the guys. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I, I, it, yeah. it was really impressive. And I could see him like building up this confidence in this team. Yeah. Because he did, you know, for what they were expected to do in the World Cup and what yeah. they ended up doing. Much better. Much better. Yeah. And when they started playing South Africa, they should have won that game. Mm. Like, they should have won. So, mm. and I was like, well, something's building up here. Like, this is, like, he's got something special building up, which I don't like at all. <laughs> but it's it's like, he's... yeah. In that South Africa game, there was, I think it was Etzebeth. He just kind of scored a try against the run of play. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Like, mm-hmm. he got the ball cl- close to the line, but maybe 10, 15 meters out. And he just marched himself over the line. Like, he was just, he had guys hanging off of him. And I think that was the game-changing moment. And I think you're right. Like, had he not just... Etzebeth had a moment where he's like, I'm winning this game today. Their scrum also is... Uh, um, just a second here. Sorry about that, everyone. We had uh, a little bit of technical difficulties. My laptop wasn't plugged in. Yeah, sorry so. to our fan. <laughs> yeah, or one Thanks fan. Jenna. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one day when uh, we'll get, like, two fans. Yeah. But Jenna, your wife, is our main fan. She's really mean as well. She's like, this is terrible. A couple of white boys doing a podcast. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. You shouldn't be doing it. That's what we need. We need someone criticism. to keep us grounded. I think we need to be lifted up before we're slammed into the dirt. We're already in the dirt. <laughs> but anyways, um... Steve Borthwick is gonna take England to a surprise Six Nations Grand Slam next season. If you look at what happened at Leicester, they were like they were good, but they not that they came out of nowhere, but when they won the Premiership. They looked like confident, you know. Mm-hmm. They like they looked like they knew what they're doing. They were physical. They almost had like a complete ballpark game. Yeah. Um, and I think he's doing that with them now. I think he's gonna have. I think he's gonna say something like this to Marcus Smith, right? You will be my guy as long as you listen to me, you know. And he wants him to play his open game, but he wants it, him to do it at the right times. Yes. You know. It's like kind of Gatland used to say, you've got to earn the right to go wide. Yeah, he's a very, he's like one of those, uh, he's he's a controlling, a yeah, control freak coach. I think so. Like uh, Eddie Joe Jones, Schmidt. Joe Schmidt. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think most coaches are at international. I think they're all very micromanagey. They want very specific plays. They Do you want think specific Andy Farrell's like that? I think so, yeah. I feel like he... I think Johnny Sexton was like that. I think Johnny Sexton was carrying that team with such high standards that everyone knew and listened to him. And I think Andy Farrell inherited a very well-managed team from Joe Schmidt. And he was like, well, I'll keep this going and I'll add my own things. And he's added his own things, yeah. Speaking of control freaks, this is something we got to talk about. Mm. Our best friend, the coach of coaches, Eddie Jones, mate. <laughs> you fact, mate. fact. Get fact. Holy he fuck. He has no he shame. He blew up the rugby internet. Yeah, he does. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, he has no shame. He's like he's like a narcissist, right? It's like you you accuse them of something, and it's like, nah, mate, there's someone else. That's not me. Like, that's not me. <laughs> like, I think everyone knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. But I think he led just enough doubt. Like, oh, maybe he was telling the truth about everything. Do no. you think? Do you think he interviewed before, while he was? Uh... I feel like I feel like there was conversations. Yeah. Which are fair. That's what I thought was happening. I don't yeah. think he had like a formal interview. No. I think someone from. Japan contacted him, him and told him, "Hey, you know, down the pipeline, you yeah. know." And I, there was got to be conversations, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, 
no, no idea that's probably they fair, blew that shit yeah. out of proportion yeah for him like we're doing right now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well we're podcasters yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. allowed to do that shit. yeah 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 you know that's what we do yeah but he like yeah i just think that they fucking just ran with it and i'm just like guys just fuck off like you're allowed to have like conversations you know like well... that happens probably all the time I yeah, guarantee but, that happens. Teams are talking to players and coaches all throughout the seasons like of everything. That's like if your wife or boyfriend or whatever, it's like, you know, if you st- if they download Tinder and you're like, why have you got Tinder? Oh, yeah. Seeing what's out there. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but like a, you're, you're, a coach is not a marriage. Like, I mean, it, it, the contract is obligated to you. Are though, these guys going to start paying the mortgage? <laughs> they, I mean, I th- like, yeah, I, okay, I agree with you in a sense, right? Yeah. And I think that you're, happens you're, all that they're, they're, these guys are. He had signed a contract with Australia for not a short amount of time, though. Yes. Right? He had talked about going through with them until the next World Cup, which mm-hmm. is four years. Mm-hmm. So if he's texting his mates in Japan, and yeah, you're right, he I don't knows think, those guys. I don't think they, he went to them, they came to him, and there was a conversation. Do you think they were like, you're, you're shit at this, come back? Like, no. No? I think they were like, I think he fits his style of like dictatorship coaching yeah. fits in well with the toxic like working <laughs> culture of Japan. Yep. You know exactly what I I'm know, talking yeah, about. I do. Oh, right? yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, he's like a dictator. He's like yeah. toxic. And I'm like, that is like fits in exactly how like That's Japan his... like run everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They love to like. You know, just the person at the top is at the ultra control. They love they love hierarchies. Yes. And honestly, they like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that in a critical way, although the work culture there is pretty toxic and horrible. Yeah. But the advantages are if your coach shows up and says, We need our fitness to be here with a specific measurement, the they'll whole team all, they'll it. do it and they'll enjoy doing it because yeah. they like the rules, they like the structure. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna flourish in Japan. I think so. I don't know why he, I don't it makes me kind of think, will he ever leave? Because the Bright- Brighton Miracle, one of the greatest rugby games I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, he can reproduce that. And he knows he can. Yeah. You know? And they're going, like, he's walking into a system now that's way more developed yeah, when he is. was there. So he's going to have, like, a lot more at his fingertips mm. than he did previously. I'll tell you what happened with Japan since Eddie Jones was they're never going to they never look like a team who's going to get hammered again right yeah they'll lose a lot of games but they're always in the game which surprises people because they're physically not the biggest but they're definitely one mm-hmm. of the fittest teams in the world if not the fittest and the best drilled best drilled yeah they've got really exciting fast backs mm-hmm. they're not scared I, they don't go away right and i think Eddie Jones is the intimidating guy that they need to yeah. really push the whole system. Yeah, they they need not like a smiling, happy, polite guy. Yeah, they need one guy there going. No, we're going to be somebody. This is fucked, man. We need to yeah. be better. They need, you need to be better. Oh yes, okay, yeah. I'll be better. Yeah. But even you. talking to the media, right? They need someone there who's going to go. Yeah, we're going to win some games. We're going to upset some people, right? So as much as people gripe about him, I thought we were going to bitch about him. Here we are complimenting him, right? So he's got to be doing something, right? Yeah, because I just I thought the whole narrative was just like. He fucked Australia. Oh, like, let's be honest. Oh, with a broom pole. <laughs> yeah, fucked them so yeah. hard. Like he and I had no fucking idea what his master plan was. Yeah, but he fucked that shit right it up. It was like someone had paid someone to sabotage yeah. a nation's rugby. It did. Like, it did. It, it looked like, like he was like legit trying to lose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like his, just like his 
relentless talk and his like he's great with the media yeah and you love him and and you know he's great for rugby yeah right you need someone like that to talk about yeah yeah right yeah. and like yeah, <laughs> we... so don't get it wrong there his hate like is like generated from like you know a solid from... foundation oh, that yeah. he's it's built not himself unfounded. Yeah, but, but we... i think he's gonna do well in japan i think he's gonna have japan going in a direction and probably in a in a right in a good direction yeah that trajectory looks going up for me with Eddie Jones. There. Oh, yeah. Quade Cooper uh, said, I think it was like yesterday. Well, it was reported on yesterday. Said, we didn't really have a plan, as in under Eddie Jones. Which, if we're talking about micromanagers, is kind of a sad indictment of where he's at. Because you expect him to go in and be like, this is what we're doing. It felt like Eddie Jones was there to just ride the glory of a decent Australia team. Mm -hmm. Get a few wins. Not expecting too much and bring in some young talent and it felt like because he lost took some heavy defeats in the rugby championship i think it wounded his ego and he was like quaid cooper fuck off michael hooper fuck off don't need you i'm just gonna stick to my other plan which was just to bring young kids in well to his defense like i think he saw these guys that have been there for a long time yeah not giving him what he needed right right like he saw these guys like just they weren't pushing him over the edge so i think he wanted to like you know, wipe the slate clean. Right. And he saw all these like younger players yeah. emerge. Like, well, these guys could be good in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think a World Cup is where to test that out. No. So like, you know what? Fuck soon. it. Let's start right now at yeah, the World yeah, yeah. Cup. I think he should have went with his like, yeah. you know, a team that you know could what would have went to the quarterfinals. Yeah. They would have at least went to the quarterfinals. And let's, let's not discount how good Fiji were in the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Scared the shit out of me playing against them. Not me personally. You know what I mean? When we when Wales played them. People were saying they were one knock-on away from winning that game, which is kind of true. 100% they which were. Which is kind of true. I mean, I felt that was disrespectful to us because I felt like we'd won that game by half-time and through our own stupidity let Fiji back in. Not discounting them, though. They played really well. They played, yeah, they played really well against Australia, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they just kind of looked a bit tired in the quarters, Well, right? they, like, I was at that Fiji-England uh, yeah, final game. they just looked knackered. And England survived that game. Yeah. They survived it. Everyone survives playing against yeah. Fiji. Everyone survives like against Fiji them. Fiji could have easily won that game. Yeah. And, uh, like, England survived that game. They barely won. They scratched through. Yeah. The fans there after that game, it looked like they won the World yeah. Cup. There was guys with their shirts off dancing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They fucking went nuts. But, like, that was a game where I was like, oh, my God, they're going to win this game. Yeah. Fiji's going to win this. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Right? But, but there's uh, just too many mistakes. I think too tired, not enough depth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, go back to Eddie Jones, right? So I think, yeah, people talk about the pools in the World Cup. Australia kind of got fucked. Like there was a resurgent Wales and a really good Fiji and a crap Australia who could have done with a still crap Wales and a Fiji that everyone expected mm -hmm. from years ago. Yeah. And they'd have thought, yeah, we'll make a quarter That's even a if good we point. don't quite deserve it. But Wales looked a lot better under Gatland. Yeah, they were put together. All, yeah. And Fiji for the first time ever looked like world beaters right like if they had depth in their squad they could go to a final they also had like a scrum yeah their yeah. set piece was they had great. a kicker and that poor kid who got injured who was like that changed a lot too it changed it yeah so they yeah. had some bad luck anyway so long story short like yeah eddie jones screwed australia with his man management yeah and his team picking he did have some bad luck in terms of results and pools mm -hmm. um and he's not apologetic or remorseful enough to to kind of cover up for uh, the deserved criticism, I think. Well, he doesn't have to be. No, and I, we want, like, like 
we've been talking about him 15 minutes. I want him in rugby. But there were some players I wanted to see at the World Cup that I didn't get to see because of him. I want Quade Cooper in every rugby game ever. Oh, fuck, I, I love, love that guy. Yeah. I love him too. Just mad shit every second. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's like his his hate is is justified. Oh yeah, I, like, I, Sonny Bill Williams fucking hates yeah, him. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. hates yeah. Eddie Jones. He does. He does. Yeah. And you know, I watched a podcast with uh, uh like Drew Mitch, like few ex Australian players, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they were they were polite, but still pretty damning of him. Like they 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 could have gone harder on him. You know, like he screwed them. Yeah. The thing too, though, also another thing too is when you. Th- Hit past players that have been coached by Eddie Jones. Mm. Everyone is always trying to get the dirt on this guy. Yeah. And they talk to these players and they have nothing but praise for him. Yeah. I saw an interview with Courtney Laws and they were asking him, like, who is the best coach out of three or four different England coaches? Didn't hesitate. He was like, Eddie Jones. Got Same with uh, Johnny May. Yeah. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Eddie Jones. Yeah. So he's just like a love or hate kind of guy, right? Yeah. James Haskell, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Like, a lot of players that have been coaching over a while have a lot. Like, he pushes players. Yeah. Right? He pushes them to the max. He does. And really competitive players flourish under that. They do. Right? Guys that aren't or guys that are a little, like... Like, confidence players more? Yeah. Confidence yeah. players do not, like, work under Eddie Jones because he breaks you down. Yeah. Right? He breaks you and he for you to build yourself back up he's like that father who'll never give you praise ever but you're <laughs> constantly seeking it yeah and he's he's somewhat in his heart where he's like i'm proud of it i started fucking google dad <laughs> yeah that's all right mate yeah. but you know you don't own apple <laughs> could have done a little bit better there mate. Yeah. could have done a little better fuck like uh. <laughs> they yeah. just want his approval so badly anyway but yeah. anyways that's my thought on it eddie yeah. jones japan well, sweet yeah. happy days Good. bad you for know, australia hopefully yeah. they do well everyone's a good jet uh, Japanese right. team. Yeah, they do. Everyone loves Japan. Like Japan and Fiji, like the World Cup darlings. Yeah, the World Rugby darlings. So you know, it's a fucking tragedy they're not in the Rugby Championship. Mm, yeah, it's a fucking waste. I don't. Here's my, here's my kind of slightly mean thing. I don't really give a shit about New Zealand and Australian rugby. New Zealand aren't doing themselves any favors in the media. They're isolating themselves. They're still complaining about the World Cup final. That was the most controversial World Cup final. They turned it into a crime scene. Turned it into a crime scene. No, they didn't. Shut <laughs> like up. It was fine. Fucking it was fine. They turned that game into a crime scene. Yeah, no, they didn't. Like, no one else thinks that. That was a perfectly fine World Cup final. I had a great time. But anyway, like I know it sounds mean to say, but you know, Australia have so many internal problems in terms of rugby union anyway. Yeah, and it's it's just a you rugby know what they should problem. do. They should just like. Australia should just like leave the rugby championship. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Take Argentina with them. Yeah. Bring in Japan. Bring in Fiji and Tonga and Samoa. And then yeah. and then New Zealand the whole time will be like, yeah, we we always wanted them in here. We're doing north versus south. Yeah, <laughs> doing north versus south. Yeah, no, you haven't been poaching players with them for years and yeah. like oppressing their their potential for years. Yeah, because they don't want to play with anyone anyways. No, so like they, they don't just want to play themselves and they want to go to a World Cup and beat Namibia and then win the World Cup. Yeah, and they then... want that hundred to nothing game. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, but yeah, like I don't know. I think it's they. I think they should be like Japan and Fiji should for sure be in the rugby championship. They could make something comparable, not the same, but they could they could generate the same intensity and talk as the Six Nations does if they had Japan, Fiji, Tonga, New Zealand, Australia. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same because the geographical distance makes it harder for fans to travel. Like the economies of those countries are so different. Mm -hmm. that it's not on a level playing field. But look at uh, South Africa when they were in the river. You know, they're in there. Yeah. They're kind of shit. Yeah, I guess what I mean is, like, if you know that 
you've got like you know if if the Millennium Stadium seats like seventy thousand or something, and we're playing England, mm-hmm. like you know at least twenty thousand of those people are English, mm-hmm. right? It's an easy it's an easy train ride. If you're in Bristol, it's an hour. Okay, yes, you know? I understand, and I see you where you're getting with this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's different than Italy, but even a flight to Italy from the UK is not going to break the bank. I want to go from Argentina to Fiji. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, it's not happening. It's a fucking journey. It's a fucking journey. Even Argentina, New Zealand. Yeah, you can't right? even go like. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. So you're never going to have that history and culture that the Six Nations does, but you can definitely generate an exciting product. And yeah. it's, there's a lot of wasted opportunity. Like, imagine you're a rich guy from New Zealand, and New Zealand are playing Japan. Japan are amazing now because Eddie Jones has got them good. Mm-hmm. And you're playing the rugby championship final in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. You and your mates go to Tokyo, and there's this packed out state. You have the best fucking time of your life, right? Yeah, that's me. A- I think when that something like that, so the countries are so far apart, it's almost like yeah. they should like just they should have like every year a hosting country. Yeah, yeah, that's that would true. be a good idea. That would be a good idea because then you'd yeah. have fans that would go over. Yeah, you do see a lot of rugby players these days though. Like I remember Joe Marler talking about it in terms of not what potentially not going to a World Cup just because it's such a strain on his family. Like a lot of these rugby players, for obvious reasons, just want to play close to home. You know, fucking, they get paid lots of money. Maybe they don't get paid as much as we think. Some of them do. They still get paid. They get paid a lot of fucking they money. They get paid yeah. a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, you know, oh, I gotta be away. I gotta be gone. Like, <laughs> fuck you, man. Like, you're, first of all, you're getting paid tons of money. Yeah. Like, you're not, um, like, making millions and millions, but you're getting paid yeah. tons of money yeah. to play a fucking game. And you pro- your career's probably done by 35 at the latest. Yeah. And so. then you're done in, like, 10 years. Yeah. You're retired in 10 years. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Who else has that? Not Go me. talk to the UPS driver. See if he, you know, how he feels about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right. I'm so. being a bit more moderate, but I think I agree with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have. To, I'm sorry, I just have like a lack of uh, empathy for when players, for rich people who get to go to Japan on vacation and play rugby. Yeah, yeah and play a game like yeah. you're, you know, like that. You're living a dream. Yeah, like uh, you know what? And if those guys don't want to do it, there's a guy right behind them that wants to. Yeah, right. Oh, so. that's brutal, Steve. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, can I finish by talking about? Tell me about the Anglo-Welsh Cup you told me about earlier. What what did you say? Someone, oh, I just saw this. Yeah. Uh, just summarize. Post. Yeah. Oh, like the, back in the day, like, they were talking about the Bath, yeah. the Cardiff game, and I guess right, back in the right, day, right. Yeah. you know, there was a lot more attention around that game. Mm. And now during like domestic games in Wales, they had not packing stadiums. Right. But when they had like this, those Anglo-Welsh Cup. competitions, yeah. you know, people's eyes were watching and that was to justify like, bringing back an Anglo-Welsh kind of competition or right. something. Yeah, because there was an Anglo-Welsh Cup, which mm-hmm. ran alongside the Pro 12. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams used it as a development competition, but then in the Cardiff-Bath game, so you said there was 10,000 attendants, roughly. Yes, and um, then in 1996, there was like 15,000. Yeah, and the, the average Cardiff attendance is probably half that, probably less than half that. I think they average around like four to 5,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think if you'd asked me like 10 years ago, do you want, do you want the Welsh teams to just join the Gallagher Premiership or just have an Anglo-Welsh competition? That's all we do. And I said, fuck no, like Mm. leave us alone, go away. I think that was coming from an an innate Welsh anti-English bias. Mm -hmm. But the more I think about it now, the more it does make sense to me. The reason is, you know, there was another... I think another question on Reddit talking about who are whose rivals in the URC. There's there's the Munster Leinster rivalry that feels like the only true rivalry to me though, right? The, the, the Scarlet like even in the inter Welsh derbies, 
those players always talk about those are the games they get up at bed for, which is true, but they're not rivalries, you know? The fans aren't tearing each other's throats out, mm -hmm. right? And I think you would generate real rivalries, real competition. Bristol is less than an hour away from Cardiff, right? Gloucester, yeah. Bath, that's all southwest England. There was an all-easy train ride. I don't know people who can afford to go to Cork on a weekend to watch a game in Munster or Galway. Never mind Italy or South Africa, right? Yeah. So again, it comes back to like, oh, you are Bursley. I hate that idea, right? We're manufacturing rivalries. It feels forced. Whereas if you had an Anglo-Welsh league, that would happen naturally. because Just because of geography, you know, and ease of travel. So the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me. If I had it my way, it would just all be... They would all, all the clubs. All the clubs in Europe would just be in one league. Yeah, but you have to get rid of the South Africans then. No, you can keep them in there too. Ugh. I want as much rugby as possible. That's I want fair. all the players playing. Like I, like I don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> I just want the all. Like it's like oh, they're gonna put in South Africa into Six Nations. Like fucking do it. I want more rugby. But that happens now, and I think the problem is inequality, right? Like the Welsh teams. Yeah, we've got to do better, but we shouldn't be in the same league as the Irish teams right now. They're just so much more money. How do you think they so would do in the English league? They would probably be. It'd probably be the same probably, fucking shit. It'd probably be the same, but you'd have more people showing up to games. That's true. When you'd get more money, so we'd get there, mm. right? Right now, going to Ireland, like, how many how many Cardiff fans go to a Lancer game? Nine? Ten? Maybe? I don't know. Like, it's not this... We're never going to get there. We're never going to... Yeah, you got to win to bring in fans, but I would much... I would go to a game in Bristol, you know? I wouldn't go to a game in Leinster. Yeah, because you can do it in a day. Definitely not going to a game in Italy or South... Not just... That's not feasible. Never mind do I want to or not, mm -hmm. you know? So if, you know, if you said, oh, I'd go to a game in Gloucester, Bath, Bristol, all easily travelable, yeah, we'll lose that game, but I'm giving, I'm giving my money to the club I love, right? Yeah. So eventually we'd get better. It's not going to happen in the USC. You know, everyone's saying, oh, the Welsh have got to get better on their own. Yeah, we do, but you're not helping us, right? So, and the, I think the way they run their teams too is more like a Prem style, isn't it? Yeah, and there's relegation. And yeah, probably the, all four Welsh teams would get relegated. But I don't give a shit, you know? Like, I'd I, I just look at a Cornish Pirates game. <laughs> like, that'd be awesome. You know? I'd love that. Drive down to Cornwall on a weekend, watch a game. No problem. Anyway, so that's definitely some that. good points there. Whatever. Well, it looks like we, looks like we went through all that's our all points. That's all we have time for today. Cause, uh... Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Um, No. I think we talked a lot. Um,. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the Friends of Rugby podcast, where we are nice yeah. to rugby. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thanks for listening, Jenna. <laughs> Our fan. <laughs>